Tornadoes in December, a devastating outbreak of twisters, levels entire neighborhoods across Kentucky and other states. We've got the latest, including new questions over Amazon's employee cell phone policy after one of that company's warehouses was destroyed by a tornado. Plus, if even Steven Spielberg can't get people back to the movies, what hope does the theater industry have? Monday Need to Know. Let's go. Good Monday morning, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for December 13th. I'm Carlo Versano here once again Ooh. with Baker Machado. Good morning, Baker. Happy Monday to you, Carlo. Happy National Violin Day to you. Uh, happy birthday, obviously, to Taylor Swift, the ripe young age of 32 today on this Monday. Uh, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Uh, I had a nice weekend. We got our our Christmas tree. Uh, Ooh, that was probably nice. the biggest uh, the biggest news. Man, it's so, it's a war fake. zone out there. Uh, real, obviously, I would never. Get oh, a fake Christmas I'm a fake. Tree. I'm a fake Christmas tree person. It's also because I'm very really? lazy. Um, also because my dog, I know, would drink all the water in in a real tree. It's just like it's so much work with a real tree. Yes, uh, it smells mm. great, but my allergies also tend to really flare up with a real tree in the house. So we are all about the fake tree at our place. Interesting. I don't know if I. Uh, also, I don't know if I condone that. I don't know if I condone that. But anyway, if you haven't got if you haven't gotten your tree, uh, do it. It's like a war zone out it there. They were so picked over. There's like nothing left already. I uh, guess it's supply chain. I don't it know. It is. You know what? I, one thing I, I learned last week, I did not know this. One, over 80% of the trees are, are grown in Washington and Oregon. So part of the reason why there's a high inflation on trees, one, there was we know the insane wildfires that happened out there. Mm -hmm. So the amount of trees that are being able to be sold are, are small. Two, it takes 10 years to grow one Christmas tree. So I didn't, I had no idea it actually that. took that long just to make something that a lot of people use for just a few weeks. And then a lot of times it just ends up on the side of the road afterwards. Uh, yeah, that is kind of sad. Maybe I should get a uh, fake tree after I know, all. Oh, <laughs> I know, we'll right? Seed? Planting the seed now uh, for next holiday. Uh, Carlo, we have a lot of uh, big stories we got to start with on this Monday, uh, and we'll begin with what's happening with the tornadoes in the Midwest. There is some good news this Monday morning, uh, to the extent if there is any good news with this really awful story. The death toll in the tornado outbreak that swept through small towns in Kentucky on Friday night thankfully may not be as high as initially feared that no doubt a glimmer of hope after a weekend of historic devastation across the state. The extremely rare December swarm of tornadoes included one twister that left a 220 mile path of ruin across several states. The governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, said initial the initial death toll could reach 100 just in that state, and that's based on reports of dozens of missing workers at a candle factory in the town of Mayfield that was completely destroyed. The factory now says more than 90 of the 110 employees who were working at the time that the tornado hit have thankfully been accounted for. Still, at least four counties in Kentucky have death tolls in the double digits. People were also killed in Illinois, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Missouri. The confirmed death toll as of this hour right now, Carlos, still stands at about 50 right now, which is just so heartbreaking. 
I, you know, I woke up to these alerts on, on Saturday morning and I was shocked having covered tornadoes many, many uh, times. It's like you said, really rare in December. Right. But, you know, the wet, the weather now doesn't make any. It was 70 degrees in New York City on Saturday. It's like it's going to be all, uh, high 50s uh, all this week in, in New York City. It's just you can't, you know, the climate has just completely made it so you can't uh, assume anything anymore. Uh, one of the tornadoes uh, in this outbreak made a direct hit on an Amazon warehouse in the town of Edwardsville, Illinois. That's just outside of St. Lewis. Uh, it happened during a shift change, and this obviously at the peak of the holiday uh, shopping season, a holiday fulfillment season for Amazon. At least six people died at that Amazon warehouse, though officials say they don't really have an accurate count of how many people were actually there because Amazon employs so many contractors, they can't even really get a, a count because they don't have a, you know, that company doesn't really have yeah. a set staff. So even Amazon doesn't know who's at these facilities most right. of the time. Uh, also, as we mentioned uh, a moment ago, Amazon's policy of prohibiting workers from carrying their phones on those warehouse floors, uh, once again, coming into question. Uh, remember that policy got a lot of heat during the, the beginning of the pandemic. They actually pared it back and then they started to reinstitute it. Uh, but employees have been speaking out in the press saying that the ban means that they can't get real time weather alerts. So it's not clear uh, if that policy was actually in place at this facility or if that uh, th these workers were completely uh, unaware of this uh, potential or these coming tornadoes. We'll have to uh, keep an eye and see if anything comes out on that today. Jeff Bezos, by the way, he spent Saturday morning uh, celebrating a new space launch with his other company, Blue Origin. Uh, meanwhile, emergency workers in Kentucky or in Illinois, rather, digging through the rubble at that warehouse. Uh, you know, granted, he's no longer the CEO of Amazon, um, and he's obviously entitled to do whatever he wants to do with all of his money. But, uh, you know, Amazon is his company. And if you ask me, he should have been at the very least on scene there. Um, trying to help or trying to, to, to just at least deliver information as, as this was happening. I don't know if any of our viewers have seen those satellite photos of the before and after of a lot of the yeah. different areas in Kentucky, the Amazon warehouse in Illinois, and they just break your heart, Carla, when you see the devastation that you saw from all of this. Uh, on a note about Amazon, on a separate side of it, there is obviously concern that this is the worst time that this, that the worst timing that this, this uh, tornado could have hit because it's close to the holidays. So a lot of people waiting for a lot of their packages in preparation for the holidays as well. But every moment that we get some sort of good news that another person is still alive based off of how terrible this was. Uh, no doubt that is, you know, that is a blessing and incredibly good news. And we'll continue to, of course, to keep following this. Uh, let's switch gears and let's talk about the pandemic. Some also some potential good news here as well, because it's been a little bit more than two weeks since the Omicron variant was first discovered in South Africa. And so far, Carlo, the data is about as good as we could have hoped for right now. The variant still spreading fast, but appears to only be causing mild symptoms in places that have seen significant outbreaks. We know that it seems to evade some protection from the vaccines, but boosters do seem to help get the protection back up. That's why you saw Dr. Fauci on the Sunday shows banging the drum when it came to those booster shots. Uh, now today here in New York State, there is a mandatory mask policy now going into effect that Governor Kathy Hochul putting into place. Uh, if you are in any place within New York State that does not require vaccines, you have to wear a mask now. Uh, and we're seeing that across a lot of the country right right now in an effort to sort of protect uh, in preparation for when an Omicron wave starts to hit because we've seen, especially in the UK right now, the UK getting really devastated by Omicron uh, uh, cases right now. 
Yeah, that New York mask mandate. Uh, so basically, it means anywhere that isn't a restaurant or a bar or a theater, uh, mm-hmm. you have to wear a mask again. Uh, it's 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 never going to end. We're going to be wearing these masks forever. I, again, I, I I'm just I'm like I've said before, I am anti. Any mandate at this point that isn't a vaccine mandate. That's it. That's that's my bottom line. Uh, but yeah, to your point, the country to watch is the United Kingdom. They have a population profile that's sort of similar to the United States. You know, yeah. South Africa, it's hard to glean much from South Africa because they have a much younger population. And also keep in mind, they're in the middle of the summer down there. So, you know, they're not. We do know that this virus is somewhat uh, dependent on the weather and it gets worse when you're inside more. So it, you can't glean that much from you know, the Southern Hemisphere. That's why it's important to look at Britain. Um, Omicron cases, like you just said, they're doubling every two or three days. Uh, London, net 40% of new cases in London are now Omicron. Uh, and that government is trying to rapidly deploy booster shots to blunt this outbreak. They're even deploying the military, which I think is something, I don't know why we haven't ever done that here. Um, you know, I made a booster appointment online the other day for Becky because she's coming up on her six months. Or she just came mm. up on her six months. Um, you know, I use the website for this pharmacy in our neighborhood and the, you know, the website still has outdated information about oh, who yeah. is eligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah it, 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 require, it requires you to put in your insurance information even though you don't have to actually do that. It's just like I don't know I don't know why we still just make this harder than it has to be. Everything is just so much harder than it has to be even though we're two years into this. We should just have the National Guard out there on the street corner offering these boosters to anybody who wants them. Let's just – be I done agree. with this. I agree. So, and remember the early parts of Delta, the UK was hit the hardest with Delta. And again, so the, you kind of kind of use the UK as a test can- yeah. example, because then what the subsequent waves sort of hit here, based off everything we've seen so far. And again, Dr. Fauci continues to say there's still more data and more research that needs to get done. We'll know more within the next week, week and a half, maybe two weeks or so. But it seems like we're going to see more breakthrough cases here in the United States, especially if you have not received that booster shot. But even those who are getting those breakthrough cases, you're still getting mild to moderate symptoms here, very uh, very low cases of hospitalization and death. And the, those who are going to the hospital or even dying right now from Omicron or still from COVID are those that are unvaccinated. But again, just sounding the alarm about the booster shot, just that added extra protection. And I don't know if you saw Kate McKinnon's return turned to SNL over the weekend. I know mm. I will talk about that later, but she made a joke about that saying, look, if you could just get another top off, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carla, let's talk about the economy here. Friday's inflation data for November showed that consumer prices uh, rose close to 7% year over year. That is the highest rate we've seen in nearly 40 years. Now, some economists are saying they were probably at or near the peak and that prices could start to moderate within the next few months. Uh, It it will be important sort of this week. The Fed has their two-day meeting, Carlo, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, Nobody's expecting major changes uh, from Fed uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell here, but maybe some sort of indication about if he's going to be tapering even more of the bond buying program here. Sort of what sort of things does the Fed plan to do when it comes to inflation? That's something that's going to be key, especially this week. Yeah, I mean, the moderation, I think you're already starting to see that actually with energy prices. Uh, Crude oil and natural gas have both come off their highs. Uh, That's starting to filter down to prices at the pump and home heating costs, which is good. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I noticed out in about this weekend, the gas is already down about 10 cents here uh, just just over the last couple of weeks. Uh, So that's that's significant and that's good. Uh, Plus, the supply chain problems, I think, are starting to get better. I think that we're on the other side of this. I mean, who knows? I've been I've been wrong on this stuff before. I was 
though I was the person saying, you know, in the early parts of this year, this stuff is all going to work itself out by the back half of 2021. And it didn't. So who knows? But I do think we're on the other side of it now. Uh, case in point, our friends over at the Ever Given, uh, that ship. Oh, yes. You know, we said yes, we were going to give you an years, update. Yes, we did. Yeah. I, 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 was just, I was just looking at the marine tracking uh, data, and that ship has made it through the Suez. Yes, it did. All good. No problemo. It's in the Mediterranean. So as we said on Friday, I think that's our uh, – that's our – our, our sign. Yes, it is. That the world get is getting back. I was about to message you this weekend when I saw this because I was I was looking at that almost like the New Year's ball. When it goes down, you start a yeah. new year. That's sort of like the template for what our whole year is like. If it made it through the canal in one piece, didn't mess anything up, yes. we were basically going to come out on the other end of this uh, this pandemic potentially. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, go to the Hallelujah, indeed. Uh, let's switch gears and talk about a bombshell that happened over the weekend in the media world. Chris Wallace after 18 years leaving Fox News. He's going to join rival CNN and more importantly, their streaming service, CNN Plus. Fox says now a rotating list of hosts will anchor their flagship Fox News Sunday interview show until a permanent anchor is named. Now, Chris Wallace, the biggest name to get poached by CNN, which is heavily investing in CNN Plus. They've been hiring big name journalists and hundreds of producers from rival networks to staff that new platform. They recently poached uh, Casey Hunt from NBC News. Mm -hmm. She's got a new streaming uh, show that's going to be coming out. And by the way, they pushed and it seems like they've uh, pushed the um, the opening of CNN Plus now maybe the beginning of second quarter of next year, but it's going to come out sometime early next year. And another name, a lot of um, media insiders are saying to watch here that CNN might hire here for CNN Plus. Brian? Brian Williams, indeed. Yeah, yeah that is the next potential bet. one, given the fact that he has had a long-standing relationship with Jeff, uh, Jeff Zucker, who runs CNN. Yeah, I think I know now half a dozen people who have gone uh, to work for that network. So oh, they yeah, are producers clearly, been, yeah, producers are getting hired left and right for that network. Yeah, they're clearly staffing it up, which I mean, streaming is the future. But just back to Chris Wallace, uh, you know, it's significant because he's really probably the last adult in beyond, the room at Fox beyond, News. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, I don't blame him for leaving. Right. If you're a real journalist, you're you know, you're doing your career a disservice by staying employed at Fox at this point. That network is straight up co-signing the subversion of American democracy. And, it, you know, they've always obviously Fox has always been a right leaning network. But, uh, you know, over the last five years, but particularly over the last, you know, since the election, there's something there's something else. Now. Oh, they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're off the reservation. They're, I mean, Tucker Carlson's doing specials about how the January 6th rioters are uh, American heroes. Like if you're someone like Chris Wallace, who, again, is a legitimate journalist who is just as hard on Republicans as he is on on Democrats and, you know, for it has been great for that exact purpose. I mean, you can't work at a at a at a network that is run by somebody like Tucker Carlson for all intents and purposes. I'm glad you mentioned the Tucker Carlson documentary because there was a report last week or the week prior that um, Chris Wallace and the other news anchor, Brett Baer, uh, had complained mm -hmm. to Fox News executives yeah. about that documentary that Tucker Carlson had ran. And you're absolutely right. He, Chris Wallace was just as hard on, on Democrats and Repu as Republicans. Um, 
and, and that also was the only show that could book Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, especially yeah. over the last couple of weeks, had even said that was the only show he was going on just based on the coverage of him by the other network, or anchors at that network. Uh, so significant. And also the thing that's even more alarming to this, CNN Plus isn't even available yet. We have no idea what it is. And streaming and news, still sort of this new frontier that a lot of people don't know what it's going to look like. So the fact that somebody who has had such a great career, like Chris Wallace, you know, on the interview Sunday shows, by the way, he's the only person that has moderated both Meet the Press and Fox News Sunday. Mm. Um, now jumping to sort of the unknown, which is this, you know, the streaming news atmosphere. So again, a lot of interesting right. questions there. One other thing to note here, I want to say, and this is about Chris Cuomo here, there's a lot of speculation out there about what CNN is going to do to replace Chris Cuomo. There has been reports out there that Nora O'Donnell, potentially even Gail King might take that off. So CNN in particular, with this new merger they're having with Discovery, going to be spending tons of money, not just on regular CNN, but CNN Plus. So something to continue to watch here. I'm available for the 9 p.m. CNN hour. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, would, you and I should be moving to that show. Are you kidding me? Moving would, you to know at would, 9. It would be 100% better than anything that they put on that hour. Guaranteed. Plus, plus you and I would at least get to sleep in in the mornings, which, you know, I, I'm very excited about. Um, Carlo, this weekend I saw a great movie. Uh, I saw Steven Spielberg's new movie, uh, West Side Story, over the weekend. But the big question will be if he can't get butts in the movie theaters, who can at this point? The director's $100 million West Side Story, some people even had it pegged higher at $150 million, uh, opened to an abysmal $10.5 million the domestic box office over the weekend. A disappointing showing, even by COVID standards. It's the latest musical to fall flat in its theatrical debut, despite the fact that it has an over 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the theater I went and saw... Uh, at over the weekend, the audience, which was, I would say, 60, 70% full, uh, gave it a standing ovation at the end. We loved it. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I, I would like, if I didn't have a baby, I would have gone out and saw this, seen this uh, this weekend. It looks fantastic. Disney, which owns 20th Century Fox, which distributed this movie, hoping that this uh, film is going to get some awards attention, starting with the Golden Globe dominations, which are today, I believe. Yes, they are. Um, which, could, which could give it some legs through the holiday season and into the Oscar season. That ha That's happened in the past with other um, musicals. I don't know if you've ever, you saw The Greatest Showman with oh, Hugh Jackman yes. Oh, yes. a few years ago. Uh, that, that film, you know, bombed when it came out uh, and then it got this sort of like second life because its soundtrack caught fire um, but then you look at a movie like in the heights which yep. I I thought was quite good I saw I that that too. came out earlier this year it was a huge failure uh, at the theaters at least um, the only thing working at the box office right now are sequels and superhero movies yep. and it's funny because everybody says that they're sick of this stuff but it's the only things that people are actually True. paying money really to go see at the theater. Um, almost every top movie, if you look at the numbers this year, was part of a franchise. So I think that it's it's a shame, right? Because you get you get movies that are a little bit different. I mean, West Side Story is a remake itself, so it's uh, but it's not a superhero movie. But then are these movies going to keep coming out if nobody's going to see them? So very good question. So let's start with the musical aspect. And again, as you know, as a gay man, I, I, I musicals <laughs> are in my blood. I mean, I, I love them. Um, and I've seen almost all of them. One other musical that did not do well this year when it came to theaters was Dear Evan Hansen, and that was a show when yeah. I saw it on Broadway. I was in tears when it was on Broadway. Um, musicals are difficult because you have such a niche 
um, base right. that will go see it opening weekend, but they tend to do well subsequent weekends. So it usually doesn't do well the first weekend, but generally it word like of starts mouth. To word of mouth and it starts to pick up over time. Um, but In the Heights was also being streamed on HBO Max at the same time, so it also kind of made it difficult there. This year has been wild with the pandemic because adult dramas also have done incredibly terrible. I mean, Gucci was basically the House of Gucci, which also was great. Lady Gaga deserves an award for mm -hmm. that role she did. Um, basically, the only adult drama that has done well so far this year, and it barely got $20 million. So to your point about Marvel and superhero films, they are the only things that are doing well. Spider-Man is coming out in the next couple of weeks, and it's already projected to get $100 million at the box office. And if it did, that would be so significant because not one movie this year has crossed $100 million. Yeah. Shang-Chi and Black Widow got close, but they were in like the $80 million range. But those two are considered the biggest huge successes so far this year. Yeah. I think also it has to do with uh, just not to belabor this, but just, you know, I think musicals have a uh, an older audience and I think older people are still more nervous about going back to the theater as sure. opposed to younger people with superhero movies. And the other thing I think I think a lot of these um, musicals just got greenlit after Hamilton was so successful. Yes. And it may turn out that Hamilton was kind of a, you know, a one off. Right. And, you know, and some looks I also have to say some musicals translate well to to mm -hmm. big to production or to to movies and some don't. I mean, look, I, I loved Evan Hansen on Broadway. I was sort of meh with Evan Hansen the yeah. actual movie, even though it had a star-studded cast: Amy Adams, Julianne Moore. Uh, the list goes on. But you know, look, some of them translate well to the box or to the to the movie theaters, and some are just meant to stay on the theater. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about Sex in the City because my wife finally <laughs> watched it over the weekend, even though I have been boycotting it for a while because it does not have Samantha, but finally, the death of Mr. By the way, no, oh, I guess we're giving spoilers. Mr.'s death in the first episode of the Sex and City reboot, just like that, didn't just shock fans, it shocked the PR department over at Peloton. They saw their share plummet last week 11%, especially on the day that that episode was released. The fitness bike maker said they had no idea that their product would be used to kill off a beloved character on the series, but the company wasted no time putting out a new ad over the weekend to capitalize on the social media chatter surrounding the death. This new commercial, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, claims still alive and well. Uh, it's Mr sitting by the fireplace with his Peloton instructor, played by the great Jess King. If you're a Peloton person, you know who she is. Um, and I have to admit, I, I I was just as surprised as a Sex and the City fan that they would kill off Mr. Big, but the response from Peloton was really sort of interesting because they said they had given their bike to be used in the show but had no idea how their bike was going to be used at all. They, it could have been used any which way. They could have had Miranda just on it. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that it was used for the death of a fictional character that caused the stock price to fall is incredible to me. Well, also show the stock market is just a complete, it's just a casino at this point. Nothing <laughs> yes, means true, anything. It's like, what, I mean, I can't say I'm very invested in this, but, you know, like every other straight man in America, I, I know <laughs> Sex in the City just just through the osmosis of having yes. had girlfriends who yes. watched it. So yes. I sort of like picked up bits and pieces over the years. Um, but I do think it, you know, it is kind of offensive to viewers. Just going back to this thing, how everything is a reboot now, part of a franchise. So you reboot this show for no good reason at all. And then you just kill off one of the main characters immediately. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's just. It's, I think it's. I almost think it's like disrespectful to the fan base. Becky actually said that she was aghast uh, at how they did.
uh, so dirty on that first episode. And it's even more interesting because this, the original statement Peloton put out was from like their chief health officer, like a doctor, basically saying that is smoking a cigar. You know, uh, Kerry talks about the fact that he needs to take his, his heart medicine. Um, he's eating like steaks. He's like being naturally unhealthy. So it's like they were setting the scene for something like, you know, weird health related for him, but nobody would have expected him to die after going off yeah. of his Peloton bike. Um, but again, I, I, I watched the first episode. It was fine, but I really have an issue with Sex and the City without Samantha Jones on it. She is that show. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm going to watch the second episode episode, but that's still TBD at this point. Okay, on that note, let's do a little more to know before we go here, Bigger. Yes, we do. The new uh, Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, made a historic trip to the UA uh, UAE over the weekend, Carlo, the first by an Israeli leader to the oil-rich Gulf state. Bennett is meeting with the UAE's crown prince today, that after the two countries established formal diplomatic relations just last year. Uh, this is a story we probably should spend more time on tomorrow. The January 6th uh, Congressional Committee is going to vote today on whether to hold Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff, in contempt for defying that subpoena uh, to cooperate in a deposition as part of this investigation. Emails released by Meadows to that committee show that he sent an email on January 5th saying that the National Guard would be deployed to, quote unquote, protect Trump supporters who had planned to protest the certification of the election. We obviously know how that turned out. Uh, Meadows also had in his um, emails, a PowerPoint presentation that was sent to him that essentially laid out the plans for an attempted uh, coup of the government. Uh, this, All of this is um, yeah, a little bit complicated, so remind me, we're going to spend a little bit more time on this tomorrow. As much as I'm sick of talking about this, it, it, uh, we, can't, we can't stop talking about this, because this is, what's happening right now in the Republican Party is uh, nothing short of a warning sign about the uh, American democracy itself. And by the way, if Meadows is held in contempt of Congress, he'd be the third uh, Trump administration official uh, to basically defy that subpoena. Uh, meanwhile, California Governor Gavin Newsom said he plans now to use that same exact tactic as that Texas abortion law to now target assault rifle sales. That after the Supreme Court, uh, Court declined to block enforcement of that Texas law on Friday, Governor Newsom has directed his attorney general to now draft a bill that would allow private citizens to sue anyone who manufactures, distributes, or sells an assault weapon or ghost gun kit or even parts in the state of California. And if you remember a few months ago when the Texas law first went to the Supreme Court, um, Brett Kavanaugh basically predicted this. He yeah. said he believed if Texas was allowed to do this when it came to abortion rights, what was going to stop blue states from doing things like gun sales yeah. and targeting gun sales and all these other sorts of things. So now I think we're just opening up this can of worms where social issues based on what state you live in yeah. are going to be like this. Good. I mean, good on Newsom. I, I, I want to give him a standing ovation today. I mean, this is this is fighting fire with fire. Good on you, Newsom. Watch, I don't know. I probably won't survive in the watch Supreme New York. Court, but watch New York. It'll yeah. probably do the same thing here, too. Absolutely. I mean, look, the Supreme Court has already completely delegitimized itself. So why not start, uh, you know, fight again? Like I said, fight fire with fire, baby. I love it. Uh, also, speaking of California, some much needed rain and snow coming to that state today. Pretty much the entire state of California going to be impacted, um, which will be good, I think, if, as long as nobody is hurt, just given the drought conditions there. Uh, but travel is going to be dangerous pretty much across the West uh, throughout today. So just be careful out there. Let's move to sports. Tom Brady notched another record in his never-ending storybook career 
He overtook Drew Brees for the most pass completions in NFL history as the Buccaneers had a thrilling win over the Bills yesterday. Brady also threw his 700th touchdown pass. That was a 58-yard rocket to Brashard Perriman to win the game in overtime, Carlo. God, he is just, he, he, he never can't stops, stop, man. man. It's never crazy. Stops. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, finally uh, here, Kate McKinnon made her return to SNL this weekend. McKinnon had been noticeably absent for the first seven shows of this season, uh, apparently because she was working on other projects, presumably not just those terrible Verizon commercials, but like <laughs> movies, other other artistic projects. Uh, but she returned. She did her Dr. Fauci impression in the uh, cold open uh, that had Billie Eilish as host and musical guest. I haven't seen it. But I, it was good. great. It was great. By the way, my favorite sketch uh there are two good ones a tiktok sketch that was really 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 good and then a sketch about your christmas holiday cards that are on your fridge the stories about why those people chose those photos for their holiday cards great episode <laughs> billy eilish by the way really impressive as an actor also I'm going to try and watch them today. Okay, guys, that's what you need to know for Monday, December 13th. Uh, if you're in Kentucky or the surrounding states, yes. we're thinking about yes. you guys. Hang tough out there, and we'll uh, have an update on that terrible story tomorrow. Um, but in the meantime, have a good one, guys.